how I'd be okay without a mic, but um, I'd be okay not being up here too, which is is what I is what I'm going to be talking about. But um, if you don't know me, if you're new to North Point, um, I'm Carrie Blue. I'm the children's director here. Um, Justin didn't elaborate this morning, but we got the text. I don't know, 7:30, something like that. It was about 7.30, I think. Um, we do hope Jack and Deb feel better, but he kind of left it in our hands. You know, he trusts us, which is, um, as a staff member, is an honor to know that he trusts us like he does, him and Deb both. Um, but then I showed up at church, and Justin's like, you got 30 minutes? You going you gonna to preach for 30 minutes? And I was like, well, that wasn't in the text message. Like, I, I didn't agree to that. But um, so that's kind of how this morning, this morning happened. But um, before I start, let's go, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to speak. Lord, I know that you have laid these words on my heart. Um, as much as I have tried to push them away, you have brought them back to me. So Lord, I know that there is a purpose in them, and I know that they're for somebody in this room or somebody watching online. Lord, I pray that as I speak, it's not my words, but it's the, that it's yours, Lord. I pray that you would um, calm my nerves, that you would open up the hearts of those that are listening and let them be receptive. Lord, I pray for the kids as they're meeting right now and their leaders. Lord, I pray that first and foremost, they are learning something new about you and, and second, that they're having fun. Lord, I thank you for this church and the believers that are here today, and I pray that you would bless this time. In Christ's name I pray, amen. So um, today... <laughs> About 8.30, I got my thoughts together. It's about an hour ago. Um, you know, God is, first of all, he's good, and he knows that we have weaknesses. Um, so raise your hand if you have a weakness or you have a fear. Okay, me too, and this is it right here. <laughs> this is my weakness, and this is my fear. I can talk to kids all day long. I can talk to middle schoolers all day long. This scares me to death which kind of takes me back to January 4th. Um, Jack and the men were going on their trip to Arkansas and he sent, me, he sent me a text message. And he was like, I know you've never had the opportunity to speak. Every time I come to you, you're in the kids. Um, but I want you to know that I'm fully confident in you speaking. Would you like to speak? Well, you know, you hadn't seen me up here. So the answer was no, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having the confidence in me, and thank you for, um, for trusting me with that, but it took him asking me for me to realize this is out of my comfort zone. I, I love the ministry, and I love the ministry that he's placed me in, but this is an area that I'm not strong in, or I don't feel as if I'm strong in, but... I told Jack, I said, if you and Debbie will join me in praying, and I told Tyler, I said, and, and a lot of my family knows that I told him no, um, I, I asked if you will join me in praying that he would break down that wall because I know if he's called us to it, he's going to see us through it. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, so last week, Jack preached on small things, that God, is, he loves investing in the small things, and he preached on his dogs. Well, to a lot of people, like, Kurt, even Justin, he rocks it when he's up here. Jack, this is a small thing to them, maybe, or this, this isn't a big thing to them. This is a huge thing to me. Um, so I asked them to join me in praying about getting up here, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I was like, let it be like two years from now when he asked me again, okay? So um, as I started praying, it was, 
no doubt God was working. And I just want to share some God moments with you. Um, if you are in a place in your life where you are scared or there's a fear that is holding you back from something God's called you to do, or you're not meeting the full potential that God's called you to meet because you're scared of something. It could be something big or it could be something small. I want you to know that if you will pray and you will seek his will, he will break down that wall and he will obviously break down that barrier. And like that first song said, Justin, I loved your songs this morning. You might look like a fool while you're doing it, but he is going to see you through. And just like that second song said, He's the potter and we're the clay. And all he asks us to do is to be willing and to be vulnerable to let him work in our lives. So the first, um, the first God moment as I started praying, God, break down this barrier of getting up on this stage and talking about what you would have me talk about. Um, not long after Jack came back from Arkansas, Tom passed away. And as I sat and listened to his memorial at my house, you know, the two things that you kept hearing about Tom. He likes to what? He liked to talk, and he liked to talk about who? He liked to talk about Jesus, and it was like God, you know, how uh, Steve Wilson says, hit me with a two by four. You know, he loved Jesus, Tom did, and he loved to talk about Jesus, and he is in heaven celebrating with Jesus now, and he doesn't have the opportunity here on earth anymore to do that. And it was as if God was saying, I am giving you opportunities, and you're telling me no. You're telling me no. And he was calling me to live more like Tom lived his life. In Luke 9, 26, it says, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I told Tyler after we watched his memorial, I'm like, I think that's like the first sign that God's showing me that you can get over this fear of speaking in front of people. Um, Tom would, would give anything to have a chance to get up here and talk to you guys when he was here on earth. And I know without a doubt, he wouldn't come talk to us now because he's loving where he's at. But his life is still impacting those now um, and mine being one of those. Um, the second God moment that, <laughs> that God has showed me that he, he can take our weaknesses and make them into something. This past Thursday, now, now remember, Jack didn't text us about not being here till 7.30 this morning, okay? This past Thursday, for the past two or three months, God has just really had me focusing on step out of the boat, Gary. If you're given the opportunity, talk. Tell them what I've put on your heart. And of course, I kept saying, I don't really want to, but thank you for reminding me that you want me to. Um, so on Thursday in my devotional book, I literally wrote these words. When you're given the opportunity to speak on a Sunday, here's what I want you to share. So as much as I wanted to deny that I needed to be up here today, on Thursday, he knew that Sunday was coming, very much like our Easter story. On Friday, he knew that, he knew that Sunday was coming. Um, so in, in my devotion, this, and not only did he show me that I was supposed to be speaking, but inside the devotion, I'm reading in Joshua, um, in, in the first six chapters of Joshua after Moses has passed away and God's people get to the Jordan river, they're scared to death. And Joshua, they needed a leader. They needed somebody to step up and say, you can do this. 
And I, as I was, I was reading, I'm like, okay, God, who, who are those leaders in my life that are getting me across that Jordan River, who are getting me up on this stage and talking to you guys? And first and foremost, it's Jesus. He's worked all around me to get me up here. Second one is Tyler. He's my biggest support. He, he's goofy, but he encourages me. He, he pushes me. He, he pushes me to be better, and he, he lets me know that I can do anything that God puts, puts in my path. Um, and then the staff, they're funny. They're like, I mean, Carrie, when are you going to go? We've talked 500 times. When are you going to get up there and speak? And I'm like, ah, it's going to take a work of God for me to get up there. So just keep praying. Um, but as, as they get to the Jordan River, they, they're looking at, at Joshua and they're like, you know, we need somebody to speak life into us. And this is what it says. The people of God gathered at the edge of the Jordan River. They needed a leader. They desperately needed someone who would step forward and say, let's go. There were plenty of people in the crowd willing to move, but did anyone want to be first? They needed a push, a prod, a person willing to show them how it was done. God's people still need leaders, people willing to step up and step out and show us how it's done. What are you doing standing around on the bank? When I say jump, I will not let you fall. Jump in and see what God does. So that was Thursday. And then right after that is when I wrote about speaking on Sunday, that that would be something that I had to share. So I am thankful that even though I was, I'm very much like God's people staring, standing at the Jordan River, scared to death, I have a leader in Jesus Christ, just like every one of you do. And when you go to your Jordan River, whatever that is, whatever that fear is, they have been promised the land that they're heading to. They know that it's good. You know that Jesus Christ is good, but... I would, I would be willing to bet every person in this room has something standing in their way that is keeping you from living out your full potential that he's called you to. And like I said, this is mine, and I'm living proof that, that he can break down those walls and those barriers. Some of you have something much bigger and much heavier on your heart than standing up here and talking about the King of Kings. It, it's something that maybe you don't share with anybody else, but who knows our heart better than anybody? Jesus. And when he brings you to that Jordan River, he wants you to trust him that he's going to walk you through it without a touch of water on your body. And he is going to pull you through whatever circumstance it is. The third, the third God moment happened Thursday too. It's just funny how, you know, I was sitting there Thursday. I'm like, God, I got some good stuff to talk about in two years whenever he asked me. And then three days later, here I am. So, um, our home group is doing the case for Easter, and it is excellent. The youth are doing the case for Easter, too, on Wednesday nights. And um, I'm not really big. I'm kind of like Debbie. Debbie shared on Thursday night at home group. I'm like, I, I like to read the devotions that give you a, a point and a Bible verse and then a lot of stories. Like That's the ones. I, I don't like the ones with big Greek words and medical terms, and I just don't like those. Well, I thought this was going to be like that. But the purpose of the case for Easter, just to give you a little background, is it's basically giving us something to stand on as Christians. Um, you know, there's so many other religions and people trying to disprove Christianity. And the case for Easter gives you the medical facts that Jesus Christ really was dead when they took him off that cross and that he really did, we're not to this part yet, but that they really, he really did rise from the dead without a blemish on him. And... As we were sitting in there Thursday night, we were watching a video, and it breaks down how bad the crucifixion was, how bad his beating was, and, and you almost can't listen or read it or watch it without being in tears, knowing that somebody loves us that much that they would die the way that he did. 
and had a chance to not do it. He could have come off that cross. He could have stopped that beating, but he didn't because he loves us that much. And at the end of the video where the guy's breaking down the medical evidence, he says, God took the very worst thing that could ever happen in the history of the universe, um, the death of God's son on the cross. He turned it into the very best thing that could ever happen in the history of the universe. If God can take the absolute worst thing and turn it into the indisputable best thing, then what problem, what circumstance, what challenge, what weakness, or what mistake in your own life are you convinced that he can't help you overcome? And as I sat there, I'm like, goodness gracious, I get it. Like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to share, you know? I want you to think about what problem it is, what challenge it is that is keeping you from reaching your full potential. And I really want you to start praying about it because first I had to identify what the issue was. And then I had to get a team of believers behind me praying with me to get me up here to share. So those are are three of the God moments that have happened in my life that got got me here. And I felt like if I didn't share how God was working in my life, then I wasn't being obedient to him. So through our weaknesses, he, he makes us strong. I knew God was calling me out on the waters to overcome the fear of speaking on a Sunday. I just didn't realize that it would be three, day, three days after my God moments. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I say all of this to say that I don't know what your fears are. I don't know what your weaknesses are. I don't know what you're telling God no to that he's asking you to say yes to, but I do know that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in every one of us. I just want you to take a second to wrap your brain around. If you have asked Jesus into your heart and he lives and walks with you daily, the power that rose him from the dead, from a horrific beating, from the worst crucifixion you could experience in that time, that same power that rose him from the dead lives in you. Not only did he tell me I was supposed to speak Thursday at some point, but he humbled me. Carrie, you can't get up on that stage and talk. I overcame the grave. I can absolutely work through you, not just with kids. So whatever you think is small in your life, he does think it's big and it's very important to him. Um, before I, before I close, I, I kind of wanted to go off of what Jack was preaching on last week. He was talking about small things. And, and to me, I think a lot of people look at speaking up here as a small thing, as a, as, as a small thing. And it's, it's huge in my eyes. It's just a weakness that I have. But unless you have kids, you don't really know what goes on in kids point. Um, and you may serve, but if you don't really ask, you don't really see it a lot. We're, we would love for you to come check it out anytime you want to, any Sunday. But I just want to show you how God is working in kids point through, through small things. Um, I had somebody ask about our children's program a couple of weeks ago. She was just asking questions about um, what's the structure, what's the curriculum look like. And in nursery through four-year-olds, we have a pretty set curriculum. We, we use a particular book. We use a particular lesson. But in kindergarten through fifth grade, they have their own worship time. They have 
um, actors and live music, and then they go into small groups, and um, small groups kind of reiterates what um, big group was doing. And I, I couldn't answer her about kindergarten through fifth grade because I don't have a set curriculum that I use for that age. I pray about what I'm supposed to be teaching those kindergarten through fifth graders, what our small group leaders are supposed to be teaching those kindergarten through fifth graders. And, and to her, that was different. You know, a lot of churches say this is the book we're going to use and we're going to go lesson by lesson and Sunday by Sunday. And I just knew when I took over that I wanted God to move in the way that he wanted to move. So I prayed. Our current series right now is um, called Mystery Manor. And when you hear the name of it, it almost sounds haunted. And if you've seen the picture, it looks like a haunted house. Well, to be honest with you, it is a Halloween series. But the purpose of Mystery Manor is to answer hard questions that children have about Christianity, which I don't think it's any coincidence that we're doing the case for, for Easter. Um, but I picked this series back before Christmas because it takes a little while to get them together. God laid it on my heart. He said, you have kids that are asking their parents tough questions about heaven, about hell, about the afterlife, about Trinity. What does it mean that God's three in one? What is that? So I pray, God, show me a series that's going to answer some of these tough questions for the kids. And I came across Mystery Manor. Well, then I started looking and it's got candy corn in it and haunted houses and I'm wanting to do it in February and March. And I'm like... Well, God, I don't really think this is your intent. And he kept, like he always does, if he wants it done, he's going to keep tapping you on the shoulder. Do that one, do that one, do that one. Well, we did it. We started it. They're on week six right now of their eight-week series. And um, to make a long story short, the next thing I kind of had to start planning was the Easter egg hunt, which is this Saturday. And... Um, I was looking at the dates. I did not try to connect it to what's going on in there whatsoever. I just needed a date that we could get the most kids here because spring break was coming up. And spring break is the weekend after the Easter egg hunt, and it leads up until Easter ends our kids' spring break in Cherokee County. So I just picked March the 20th. I was like, well, we'll just go with that date. Well, as I started building the, the lessons for the Sunday series, um, believe it or not, today... In a Halloween series, our kids are learning about the crucifixion and the beating of Jesus Christ and the, the death of Jesus Christ. Our Easter egg hunt is Saturday. And on Sunday, right after the Easter egg hunt, the very next morning, that series is teaching them about the resurrection. When I saw that, it is a small, small thing, especially if you're not involved in kids. You're like, what's the big deal? But when you pray about something and you seek God's will and he shows you that he's going to take care of you in that small way, that, that had God's hand all over it. When you look and you're like, this is a Halloween series and I'm doing it in springtime. What are you doing, God? He, I got this, Gary. I got this. So I just wanted to share a small, not only a small thing in my life as far as getting up here, but a, a small thing in Kids Point and um. I'm, I'm fixing to finish band. I don't know what you guys, if you want to <laughs> head up. I don't think I met your 30-minute criteria, but I said what Jesus wanted me to say. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> they kept looking at me saying, you're going to speak 30 minutes, right? And I'm like, I never said that I was speaking, period. But anyways, um, but as they come up, I do, I do hope that you get two things from me being up here. God can work miracles in the smallest, smallest things. 
And the second thing is if you will allow your weakness to shine through his strength, there is nothing, nothing that you can't do. Don't ever forget that the power that rose him from the grave lives in you. We need to walk like it lives in us. We need to talk like it lives in us. We need to share with the non-believers that they can have that same power that lives in us, can live in them. So, Lord, I'm going to pray real quick, if that's okay with you guys, and um, then y'all can have at it, man. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for every um, body that's in here. Lord, I pray that my words have um, first and foremost spoken truth from you. Lord, I pray thanking you for the opportunity to get up here and for breaking down that wall. I pray for the individuals in this room that have put up walls that have kept them from doing what you've called them to do, living the life that you've laid out before them. Lord, I thank you for their lives and I pray that they would come before you and admit their weaknesses and that with time and with godly people in their life, with your word and with prayer, they will overcome those weaknesses. May not be on their timing, but it will definitely, definitely happen with you. Lord, I thank you for your son. I thank you for the death that he so willingly gave. He gave it to us. When he could have come off that cross, he stayed. And Lord, three days later, he rose and I pray that we would start walking and talking and living like he rose and that he is walking with us today. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I guess I'm the, uh, I'm the closer. Let's give the Lord a hand for the word that, sh- that Carrie shared this morning. That's powerful. I'm going to share with you the one thing that's on my heart. And this is going to be the invitation. When the, when the doctor comes in the room and says, I got something that you probably don't want to hear. Do you trust God? When the marriage is hanging on by his last thread, you don't know what else to do. Do you trust God? When you don't have a dime to your name, And you gotta feed the kids. Do you trust God? When Jesus got ready to read, uh, when Jesus got ready to preach, and they said, Jesus, these people are hungry. Actually, Jesus is the one that noticed the people were hungry. And all the disciples could think about is the circumstance. We don't have enough food. That bread, that fish is not enough to feed these people, Jesus. 
And some of you are just like me. We identify more with the disciple than anything because they focus on what they didn't have. What they forgot was they were standing in the presence of Jesus Christ, the same one who healed the dead, the same one who healed the blind, the one that raised the dead, Jesus Christ. And guys, who, what are you focused on? That's the question this morning. What are you focused on? Are you focused on the problem or are you focused on Jesus? Satan will do everything he can. He will throw everything he can at you to get you distracted away from the cross. He don't want you to look at the cross. But guys, you got to fight tooth and nail. Because when you get close to God, when you get close to Jesus, you will know that no matter where you're at, whether you're in this building, or whether you're out in the street, or whether you're in the car, you are in the presence of Jesus Christ. And the same power that raised the grave, raised him from the grave lives in you. And he can make it happen. He can give you what you need. He can do the impossible because it will bring him glory. And not only that, it brings you closer to him. So when you get to that moment when the doctor looks at you eyeball to eyeball and say, hey, we, we found something. We found something. You will have the strength. You will have the desire. You will have the relationship to know. I trust Jesus. God got this. God got this. Are you in the same boat? Some of you are so focused on your troubles, your circumstances. Hey, when David fought Goliath, was David fighting Goliath or was he looking to God? He said, hey, God can do this. David didn't beat Goliath. God did. Hey, when Moses was standing at the, at the Red Sea and the Pharaoh and his army were fitting to get him, they were fitting to kill him. What did God do? He parted the Red Sea. God did the impossible. And I love what Kerry said and I love what Jack said. The things that are small to you are big to God. The things that you think don't matter to the world Guys, if you would get to the point where you care less about what the world thinks about you and worry more about what Jesus, your Savior, thinks about you, you need to get to that point. And guys, it's not easy. But the question is, the question remains, do you trust God? Do you trust Him? And if you don't have a relationship with Him, golly, after hearing what Kerry said, after hearing what the band's been speaking on, after what Jack's been preaching last week, if you don't have a relationship with him, I'm begging you, come to the cross. Come to Jesus today. And guess what? Maybe you're just like the disciples. Hey, they were Jesus' best friend. Did they get it wrong? Absolutely. They focused more on what they didn't have and denied the fact that Jesus is in their presence. This is Jesus. The one that died and three days later rose from the grave. He has power over the grave. He has power over death, hell. He was resurrected. He is the only Savior that you can serve that I can take you to his grave and it will be empty. That's the God I serve. Well, Kurt, how can I get to the point where I'm close to Jesus? You got to block everything out. The saddest verse in all of the Bible, it breaks my heart when I read this, is Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 32, where when God says, everybody's forgotten about me. Everybody's forgotten me. 
And it breaks my heart because God is so good and God is so given. He is the great provider. He is the great redeemer. He will lead you out of slavery. He will give you exactly what you need. But God in the word says, the people have forgot about me. And this is what he said in verse 33. He says, the, the bride forget her dress on her wedding day? Does a young woman forget her jewelry before she leaves? He says, where are our priorities? Guys, you want to get closer to Jesus, you got to be consistent. Hey, if a man goes every day to work out, he's going to get in shape, right? Why? Because he goes every day. Hey, if you want to take care of your house, you need to stay on top of things and make sure it's up to maintenance. If you want to take care of your car, you got to change the oil every 3,000 miles. Hey, you want to have a strong marriage, you need to talk to your husband or your wife every day. You need to pray with them, right? Hey, you want to have a strong kid, you need to teach them about Jesus. You need to get them to church. You need to be man or woman enough to say, hey, nothing more important than getting my Jesus to the cross, getting my kids before Jesus at church. Nothing is more important. Guys, you got to be consistent. You got to fight tooth and nail. It takes consistency. And some of you are leaving the house without even talking to God. Some of you are opening your eyes in the morning without even spending time with your Savior. And God wants to bless you. Yeah, God, God has so much for you that he wants you to experience. But you're willing to walk out the door of your house and not even spend time with him. I challenge you today Put God first. Let God sit in the throne of your life. Get your, get your butt up out of the throne. It's not all about you. It's all about what God wants to do for you. He wants to give you a life and life more abundant. He wants to give you his strength when Satan comes at you. He wants to give you his love when you feel unloved. Guys, if you're not looking for God, you're going to miss so many things. I'm going to share this story, and we're going to have an invitation. And if you need to come down and get saved, by God, come down and get saved. Don't leave today without it. And if you're not where you need to be with Jesus, you need to get right today. Right here, right now. <coughs> McKenna, she played volleyball, and her coach reached out to me. She says, uh, Pastor Kurt, her coach is also one of the players for Limestone Volleyball Team. And she said, Kurt, I'm having to go to Newberry and play against Newberry. Newberry is the school that she came from. And she says, I don't want to go. I don't know what the situation is. I don't ever expect her to tell me, but she had a bad situation at Newberry College. And it's not reflective of Newberry, it's just the experience she had. And she said, now I'm playing for Limestone and guess where I have to go, Kurt? I've got to go to the place I hate the most and try to play a game. She said, Kurt, Pastor Kurt, God just, he's attack, Satan's attacking her mentally and she doesn't want it, she don't know how to do this. And I shared with her what I shared with y'all. Hey, you're looking at what's wrong. Look at what's right. Do you love Jesus? She said, yes. Stay with him. Do you trust Jesus? Yes. He's going to make a way. He's going to work things out. She said, I believe, but it's tough. I get a text last night and I get a video 
if y'all know volleyball, I don't, I just, I'm kind of learning. I don't really know other than just to hit the ball hard. You know what I mean? I don't know. But they're tied. Won a set, lost a set, won a set, lost a set. They're on the fifth set. Limestone is up 14 to 12. And the girl catches the, I don't know, set the ball. Another girl gets it, push it up. And this girl that had been messaging me, she, she gets up. She did the biggest jump ever. And she spiked the fool out of that ball. And they won the game. And she texted me, she said, only God, can I go back to the place I hate the most and I come away from this place victorious? Guys, God don't want you to go to work defeated. He don't want you to go back home defeated. He don't want you to go out into this world defeated and feel like you're down and out and alone because you're not. God wants to be with you every step of the way. You got to trust him. You got to believe him more than anything. You got to learn to put God first. And I pray that you do that this morning. Let's pray. Father God, just so grateful that here in this moment you desire us. You love the small things as well as the big things. And God, someone here this morning is standing before the Red Sea of their life. They don't have nowhere else to go, Father. I pray for them right now that they will come down to the cross and they will surrender their hearts to you, Father. I pray for the brother or sister in Christ that have been so focused on what's wrong that, God, they, for, they forget to spend time with you. They forget how powerful your promises are. They forget how powerful your love is. I pray that this morning they will come back to you may we all put you first in our lives father in Jesus name I pray amen the verse to this song that we're going to do for the altar call is from number 6 24 through 26 it says the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and then as it goes on down in the song it says he is for you he is for you he is for you and what I've heard all morning from Carrie to Kurt reminded me of a God moment I had a couple weeks ago with this song. Um, because like many times we can look at our circumstance and we look at it more than we look at God. And it causes our trust and our faith to waver. But then I look at his word and his promises. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you and he'll give you peace and that he's for you. No matter what your circumstance look like, God's promises is more true. So one day I was cleaning up around the house and this song came on. 
and the part that stuck out to me was that he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. And in my heart, I was questioning. God, I know you are. Because you died on that cross for me. That proved it right then and there. Amen. But Lord, my circumstances aren't what I want them to be. But you said you're for me. Show me today that you're for me. Do you know that Alexa, that's where we play our music on. She probably repeated that song five times while I was cleaning up. I couldn't understand. I was like, why does this song keep playing? So as I'm going and I'm cleaning up, there's a little, in our laundry room, some papers on the floor. And I go to pick them up. And I'm going to throw them away. And there's this one little card and I turn it over and it says this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. It was the exact verse that God was trying to tell me all morning long. I am for you. Today, if you're doubting him, if you're wondering, he is for you. He is for you. If you need that little small voice, we think God speaks in grandiose ways. He speaks in that little small voice. Or he'll use a little card, a little verse to tell you, I hear you. So y'all, today, if God is that little voice, listen to that little voice. Respond to that little voice. Be obedient. Because the Lord is for you today. And let's sing this to him this morning.